0: To the songwriters in seattle podcast i'm your host chris klemecki and with me today my very special guest is charlie heineman welcome charlie it's good to be here chris well it's great to have you uh i would just uh, want to tell the audience you are the first uh, winner of our songwriters in seattle songwriting contest 2011 so congratulations again on that
1: well, thank you very much. Yeah, it was a great honor to to win that.
0: That was a that was a lot of fun, and uh, and I, I look forward to getting to hear your story a bit more today and uh, learning more about where you've come from. Hearing the uh, the winning song, we'll we'll hear uh, "L.A. is totally awesome" and some other stuff as well. So, uh, very exciting podcast here. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about uh, your history, your background, and you know how you've become a, a, a talented songwriter in Seattle, uh, yeah, you're skillful deep. songwriter. <laughs> I was in say, you're,
1: you're a little kind there, Chris. Um, anyway, uh, well, I, I am originally from Los Angeles. That kind of plays into uh, into the song that uh, we're going to play here in a sec. Um, but I was I was born and raised there, um, and uh, was doing kind of music sort of all my life um, as a as a kid at least, uh-huh. and. Um, uh, you know, uh, got into a garage band. We had a garage band that, that played a bit in high school and, and, you know, local places and, and did that sort of thing. Um, I fronted the band and, and did some songwriting as part of that. We also did some covers and threw some stuff. Okay, in so there. you were doing the originals even, even Yeah, that early? Yeah. I actually, I've been writing songs. Um, well, I, I wrote songs a lot as a kid. Um, and so, uh, you know, I actually, I'm going to reveal a little bit more about myself than I probably should. But like, <laughs> I wrote a lot of songs as a kid, um, you know, back in the back room that I would perform to myself that never saw the light wow, of day. okay. Um, and, uh, but I did a lot of that as a kid. That's a great experience though. I mean, just to it, yeah, it's, express
0: yourself, learn, learning how to express
1: yourself. Yeah, I think so, actually. I mean, it's one of the... Um, You know, as I've gotten older, I've gotten to appreciate more the the chance as a kid to kind of do these kind of unstructured things like, you know, particularly with when I see how busy my son is and and some of the, you know, and and his friends as well involved in sort of these structured activities. It's really, you know, when I look back, it was really nice to kind of have these things that I did by myself and in some ways was forced to um, occupy my own time. And I, I spent a lot of that time doing sort of artistic things like that.
0: Well, good for you for using your time wisely. <laughs> well, I used it
1: unwisely as well. I watched a lot of gong show as well, just so you know. Nice. Um, and, a, uh, yeah, so in a lot of emergency. Uh, so I watched a lot of that on TV, but I also did these other things. Um, and then I would say, like, you know, and I, I picked up the guitar probably, I don't know, when I was probably 16 or 17, um, and... Uh, you know, and I started to write a little bit of with that through, through college, I would uh-huh. say, you know, then I probably spent a gap of about, um, I don't know, um, uh, maybe, maybe 10, 15 years where I really didn't pick up the guitar much. Wow. That's, um, that's a pretty big break. Yeah. And I didn't really write any songs, uh, for quite some time. Um, and I'd moved to, I moved to Texas after leaving California and met my wife there and spent some time in Mississippi with her. And then, and then we moved out here to, um, to Washington State. And I would say about, I don't know, like five years ago, I started writing again. Um,
0: what what uh, was sort of the itch that uh, kicked that back into gear?
1: You know what really actually it was really kind of interesting. What I you know I'm I'm a big believer in technology driving a lot of uh, music and innovation and, and these sorts of things mm-hmm. around music. Um, and what happened was is that I discovered that you could do multi track recording through the computer, and I had everything I needed. All I needed really was a, a microphone, so I went and got a microphone. And um, <laughs> so it
0: was just sort of the realization that you you had the tools at your fingertips yeah
1: and I discovered these things called loops so I had a drummer and I could create a bass part you know pretty easily at, through a MIDI you know um, interface and all of a sudden I was I was playing music in, and then I started writing songs and First song I wrote was about, you know, where I went to school in Santa Barbara, which is kind of funny because now we're gonna talk about these places that I've been. And um and it kind of like every song that I, you know, a lot of the songs feature places I've been, um, which is kind of uh which is my my bandmates kid me a lot about that as they can kind of tell about where I've been because of the the name the place (laughs) names. It's sort of a travel log, yeah. And so anyway, um I started writing again, um using that um using that medium and uh posting to some forums where, um, where people were sharing songs. And, um, and then what happened was I started to realize that I really wanted another outlet to kind of perform the songs and really get some really good feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best way to get feedback on a song is to play it for people and they'll either latch onto it or they won't. And, um, and so what I did was I, I, uh, put together this band and, uh, that I recorded the CD with and we've been playing, and that was about two years ago and we've been playing out, but honestly, that's the first time I ever actually played out in front of anybody wow. um, since okay, high so school all of that had been yeah, so I mean you know in high school it really was wasn't yours. yeah <laughs> yeah, I mean you know so I was kind of a rookie, you know, I was getting close to 40 and kind of a rookie at this thing um, but you know you learn a lot just playing and playing out and doing things like that and playing in front of people. Um, and, um, and so, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of how I got to where I'm at. And I, you know, for the last five years, I've written a lot of songs. I, I, I always tell people I, I write a lot. I'm a, I'm actually a bad songwriter because I write a lot of bad songs. You pick the um, best ones but, out of there, right? But, but, but yeah. every it's a volume exactly, thing. Exactly. <laughs> it's a volume thing. And every once in a while you write a good song, you know, and, um, and so you know it's you know it's it's been an exciting journey and and that's kind of how I got to where I'm at today.
0: Cool. Well, let's let's hear the uh, uh, winning song from the uh, 2011 Songwriters in Seattle contest. Um, this is "L.A. Is Totally Awesome." Um, what can you, what can you tell us about this song in particular?
1: So the the whole genesis of this song was that um, was that I. I know a lot of people that have gone to LA with with big hopes yeah. and big big dreams, right? Of, of very common it, story. Yeah, of making it big, right? Um, but one of the interesting things is is one of the one of the um, people that I known was this woman, and she was a young woman, and and one of the great comments, you know, when she first when I first saw her after she had gone to LA was just how awesome LA was, and she loved it, um, and you know, and then as as I kind of I kind of got this feeling from her over time that you know not everything was rosy, but she still loved it. Yeah. Um, and I and I've known other people that have done the same thing, and and some sometimes it's it's gone a little bad. Sometimes it's it's you know been okay, but not what they thought it would be. Um, and sometimes they had success. And so this is kind of a composite of that. And I also wanted it to be um, a sort of portrait. In not a completely negative way. I mean, a lot of people think it's really ripping on Los Angeles a lot of times, but in reality, like I mean, I think I think a close listen hopefully kind of kind of bears this out. Um, I wanted it to be somewhat of a composite of also what LA is in its entirety, good, bad, and ugly. Right, right. Um, and of course, um, there's one. You know, my my kind of couple of favorite lines in there are the. The ones about um, where I mentioned churros because I just, you know, like if you come from L.A., you love churros (laughs) and um, and they're kind of everywhere. And um, there's this great place at the end of Oliveira Street that that I love to go to when I take my kid there. Um, And that's a great thing about L.A. And then I love the free courtside tickets to the late to the Lakers, because that's kind of the epitome of kind of (laughs) making it as well. Um, And something I've always dreamed of and never, of course, been able to attain.
0: Sign of success in
1: LA. (laughs) Correct, and then you know, and then kind of the other thing is is you know this notion of these people that are kind of what I would consider probably C listers. um, I kind of sprinkle in there, yeah, yeah. Um, But I also think that you know, and and in some ways, you're kind of ripping on the C listers, and in some ways, it could be looked at as that. But actually, there's there's a tremendous amount of respect that I have for a C lister Um, because the C listers are the grinders of of, of Hollywood and they work really, really hard. And don't get um, the celebrity. And, uh, yeah. Or, or, I mean, or it's passing recognition. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or it's passing celebrity, right? Like you, you might be a celebrity for, for 15 minutes or had one big movie, but you know what? They keep grinding it out, doing commercials, doing this sort of thing. Um, and they need to get
0: work. Basically. Yeah, yeah. They like need a- to get work.
1: They're like <laughs> the rest of us. And, and like in some ways many musicians are trying, you know, like yeah. it's, you know, there's a lot of musicians out there that, that, um, you know, had one big hit and um, and are now playing small clubs all over the all over the country and you know and on the road 200 plus days a year doing that sort of thing. So, I, I personally really love this song because, of course, it, to me, it's it's my song about Los Angeles. Um, but I also think, to you know, in my own mind, I, I I also executed it well in some ways, and I'm kind of proud of that. Uh-huh. Um, just from a structural point of view, and we can talk a little bit about this uh, afterwards, but. From a structural point of view and from a, um, you know, I like to get to a point in a song where I say to myself, you know, I could change some words, but I don't think I'd ever, I don't think I'd make it better.
2: Um, (laughs) And that's not to
1: say it's a perfect song or a great song even. But what it says is I've kind of done as much as I could do with that song. Um, and I felt like I, I really got to that place with this song. Cool, um, so. cool,
0: great. So let's hear it. Uh, this is Charlie Heineman and the Repeat Offenders with L.A. is Totally Awesome.
2: Everything's fun. LA is totally awesome. Don't forget to send. I'm my sister, the boy at the counter. No import that you ain't scoring it. Well, it wasn't a total loss. She got $500 worth of jeans and a cute little handbag It half the cost. LA is totally awesome. Everybody's cool and everything's fun.
0: Love that song. I love uh, the cleverness in the lyrics. It's got a great chorus. Um, just lots of lots of cool stuff about it. Um, one of the things I love in the the cleverness of the lyrics is that it's not like ha ha funny, and yet it still makes me smile. It still has a sense of humor to it, a sense of uh, I don't know irony or a little 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 bite to the sarcasm, or you know, kind of like you said, it's not mean. It's not. Uh, insulting or anything but it definitely has that that air of it, it's just got a humor to it that's really nice it's really pleasant and and i, I like it a lot it appeals to me a lot
1: yeah I, uh, it's it's great to hear you say that um because sometimes you don't like you, you insert humor and that doesn't really come across sometimes okay. it can come across <laughs> um as mean or, or worse like not funny um or stuff or, that tries to be funny tries and it's to sort be of f- like Okay, or it's funny
0: once and you, then you,
1: yeah. the jokes pass. Yeah, it's, but it, yours isn't like that.
0: This song, is, I can sort of keep coming back to it.
1: And yeah, there's, it's, there's, it's really you know, I, I, I have a couple of models for. Um, for my sort of lyrical content and and the way my sort of li- my lyrics unfold and and how I balance that that comedy that 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 what I would call satire in some ways, mm-hmm. um, as well as just narrative storytelling. Yeah, how do you even tackle that? Um, So my my models on that in some ways are you know from a songwriting point of view are guys like Randy Newman and, and guys like Warren Zevon. Um, you know, uh, Steely Dan. I think uh, mm. I think Becker and Fagan do a great job with this as well. Um, and um, and what what I really look at there is there's this kind of um, balance that I like to strike in a number of different ways. And and one of the things is I never want it to be I never want it to be a comedy record, right? Um, <laughs> right? Um, but also to anything that's if it's too heavy, particularly with my sort of folk style. Anything that's too heavy is gonna gonna be too heavy in some ways, yeah. and so therefore, like so I you sort of put
0: it into another category. Correct, right? And serious and,
1: folk kind of stuff. Exactly, and so what I like to do is I like to use the humor to kind of give you a little break, right? As well, and you can kind of laugh laugh at it. Um, I'm also big into wordplay. Um, I did some studying um, in, a, in a former life. I did I did some studying <laughs> of of, uh, of rhetoric, and there was this one guy, Greg Ulmer, and he has this great kind of um, theory. He's a, he's a professor at the University of Florida, and he's got this great theory about um, creating art, and that's the merging of the private, the public, and, the, um, and what he calls the um, uh, contingency Right. One mm. could say okay. or chance. Uh-huh. And what uh-huh. you really do is you have to really get a great balance of the public, something that everybody knows. Um, so, for instance, place names, you know, common themes, that sort of thing. Love, like, you know, uh, heartbreak, that sort of thing. The private, which is something about you personally. Right. Um, and very specific things, too, that my others might not know. Well, it brings um,
0: your unique, your uniqueness, personality, unique
1: your, personality, yeah. too. Hence, like some of the details in, in L.A., like churros. And things like this, right? right? Meaningful that, to you, right? Correct, right? Like, and and one of the lines that I love about the cute little handbag, um, because right. you know, I do, you know, that's something that I, you know, you get a cute little handbag at half the cost. That's like a great thing, right? Um, and the other thing is that um, is this notion of um, of contingency, and that's really letting chance play up, play out in the thing in the song. And a lot of your the wordplay, I kind of come up with words, and I go, wow, that's a that's a really interesting. Um, That's a really interesting phrase that actually could mean two things. I don't tend to think about those things. They just kind of pop up in language. And one of the things that in this next song we're going to play disheartened one of the the ways I came up with this and, and kind of went with this title is this great notion of disheartened, which is yeah you're kind of losing hope and your and you're sort of losing your soul if you will mm-hmm. in some mm-hmm. ways right like it's soul dampening if you will <laughs> right. Um, but there are other aspect of disheartened to kind of have your heart completely ripped out from from you right. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and so I put a L- I, like a literal <laughs> literally, literally disheartened. disheartened right, which actually goes to the front cover, which has us actually with our hearts removed um yeah it's kind of yeah they're kind of look like uh we look like uh we look like uh dummies you know that you might shoot at at a gun range and they're kind of shot out um and so it's and that notion i kind of i try to carry through with a lot of the wordplay within within the actual song itself
0: cool well let's talk about uh disheartened the album your band that that played on this the repeat offenders um how did that come to be and and how did disheartened as an album and as a title
1: song come to be so um so the band started um with uh the the lead guitarist wayne miller and i making a connection we actually made a connection through craigslist oh wow um started playing together as a sort of as a duo that was the that was the original format played a couple of um open mics as a duo and we realized you know What would be really cool is if we kind of electrified this thing. Um, So through a number of connections, one of which was um, somebody that Wayne had met. Wayne was a transplant recently from the East Coast, but he had met a bass player. So we got ourselves a bass player who was kind of a multi-instrumentalist as well. He played the keyboards on the album as well. And, um, and then he knew a drummer from a past life and we, and so we all got together as a, as a quartet, um, really wanting to create a, an all country band was kind of what everybody was really interested in. And my, my songwriting style fit fairly well with that. So we went with that. We've recently actually added a, uh. Um, added a fifth member in um, who's uh, who's taken over the bass duties, oh, okay. um, so he could do keyboards. So so, yeah, do keyboards. Uh, yeah. So the so the old bass player could do could do keyboards, and he actually plays mandolin as well. Um, so we kind of we can do a little bit more kind of folkier stuff, mm-hmm. if you will, and kind of bluegrassy. Um, yeah, I think as you fit well. into so the, you know, Americana, yeah. the Americana. Yeah, Americana alt country thing definitely fits. Yeah. And it makes us a little more versatile, um, which is really nice. And so this album was the first album that actually, I don't know, some of us had made albums before, but, um, three of the four of us, this is really the first real serious album we had made. Um, and so it was kind of a labor of love. Um, although we did it pretty quickly cause for budget regions reasons and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's really comprised of five song or six songs that, um, that we had been playing the year previous some were older songs that i had written a couple of years ago and, uh, you know and then some were ones that I wrote right you know within the year previous to the album um so it's a nice little mix and uh we were really happy with it there's always things you'd love to do over again course, but uh yeah. um but we were really happy with it and I think we all felt this really great sense of accomplishment when um when we were done with it
0: fantastic well uh the album is Disheartened, and now we're going to listen to the title track. So here's Charlie Heineman and the repeat offenders once again with Disheartened.
2: Taunting. I moved down to Houston to try and get a new start. Sweet Santa
0: with Charlie Heineman in the studio today. And you can find more of uh, Charlie's work and what's going on with him and the band, the Repeat Offenders, at charlieheinemann.com. Let me spell that for you. Charlie, as you would expect, C-H-A-R-L-I-E. And then the last name is H-E-I-N-E-M-A-N-N.com. So please go out there, connect with Charlie, and uh, check out more of his stuff. He- he's definitely got lots going on, and as he just was telling you, the band's expanded, so uh sounding better than ever I imagine so I can't wait to to hear that new lineup um one of the things listening to that song you know it's just you can groove along to it one of the things I really like about your style is it's it's just easy on the ears it's really nice to get into and and just uh you know sort of cozy up to it <laughs> so tell me about your approach to that the style you know obviously there's songwriting parts there's arrangement parts how do you sort of tackle that um
1: yeah, I think so. Style is a um, style has been an interesting journey as well for me. Um, I would say that um, you know we definitely are kind of as we talked about earlier in that Americana uh, vein, but we're also sort of in that um, sort of countryish, even to what I would consider is. Um, you know, what some might consider just the rock vein as well. I he mean, if you some, listen,
0: some tendencies. Yeah, there, yeah.
1: And, you know, there's singer songwriting stuff in there folky, as well. Yeah, right. Folky, folky elements as well. Um, and one of the one of the interesting aspects of my journey is that um, I started writing when I started writing songs again, I, I started writing um, songs that I would really want to listen to. And then I got in with um, a songwriter group and, and they were really focused on Nashville. And I said to myself, Hey, you know, if I could write myself a Nashville hit, um, you know, that's, that's a, which I now realize is kind of, that's a bizarre thing. It's sort of like saying (laughs) if I could win the lottery, um, (laughs) but the. The, what I tried to do so I got into this um, thinking about how could I write an Nashville song and I started to realize that some of these songs I was writing the vocabulary wasn't really right for it or the style wasn't right for it it wasn't class or it'd be difficult to classify it uh-huh. and it'd be easier to sell if it was classifiable Sure. Um, and these sorts of things and then I went to this um, I went to this uh, uh, songwriter um conference for a day and there was Steve Seskin was there who's who's written a number of number one Nashville hits. And one of the interesting things that he said was he said, you know what, I'm not really selling songs right now. But the truth is, is the songs I write don't sell right now, but eventually they'll sell because <laughs> everything will come around again. So as long as you keep doing good work, it'll keep coming around again. And I started to think to myself, you know, what I really need to do is write the songs that I write and that are that have me in them um, and that I and that I feel good about and, and I can really I can really put myself into Right. And so that's what I do. I don't worry necessarily, and what I think that ends up happening is i end up I end up loving grooves. um so I tend to write a lot of songs with grooves. I love heartbreak stories, so I write a lot of heartbreak <laughs> stories um and I love um and I love you know that folk that folk vein but it, but it with a little bit of edge to it, and that always yeah. that gets me towards rock so you know that's how i kind of end, we ended up with a style and i got you know i got band members that in many ways think a lot the same along the that's same cool. lines that's that's important and yeah. you know i actually and i also hand over a lot of the reins in terms of arranging to the band they're they're pretty good arrangers and they're guys that have had some experience and so um, that's been kind of fun, too, to kind of, you know, not have to be the guy that says, oh, yeah, we're going to do it this way. We're, you know, guitar part's going to be this. The, the bass part's going to be this. I let the band contribute a lot. Um, I say let. They they contribute a lot. It's not me allowing them necessarily to. And um, and they do a great job of it, and they add a lot. And they bring a lot to the songs that wasn't there before. Um, and that's that's a real blessing, uh, you know, in terms of having the band. that That's great. And
0: would you say that... Uh... You, know, you talk about that, that conference and what Steve said being a bit of a turning point. Would you say that really changed your perspective in terms of uh, trying to sell the songs or write something in particular that someone else would like versus what you were just talking about? Something that you really you know, are, are feeling and what's
1: important to you? Yeah, I really did. It got me focused more on I changed my goal from selling a song to my new goal is I want to write a really, really, really good song. Gotcha. that. That is the goal. I don't believe I've gotten there yet. Like, I mean, like I want to write a great song. Right. You know, so I think that it's yeah, it's one of those things where I started to get into the mode of, you know what, you know, whether it sells or not, I'm going to try to go out there and write a great song, Um, which means I got to get better at writing lyrics. I got to get better every day at my instruments so that I have more options open to me when I'm writing um, progressions and, and writing melodies. Um, and I got to get with people and, and collaborate and do things like that, because that's what's going to that's what's going to ha- let that, that great song come out. Fantastic. Well, uh, let's hear one last great song or uh, getting
0: towards great. <laughs> how, are, how are you right. feel about it? Um, uh, would you play a song
1: live for us? I sure would. Yeah, uh, I'd be happy
0: to. W- would love to hear that. Um, always love to, to have a a uh, unique performance for uh, our our podcast here that's always fantastic so uh what song are you gonna play for us i'm today? gonna play
1: a song uh that i wrote in the last year called um high mountain to climb and we just started to fold it into our live set and uh the guys have convinced me that uh, i should like this song and um <laughs> it took me a while to warm to because it's a really difficult song to actually sing uh-huh. um, and so uh you know, and this is one of the great things about having a band too is they can be great encouragers, support, sure, um, and great support. So, uh, so yeah, I'm gonna play High Mountain to Climb. All right, we are gonna set Charlie up, and uh, he will give us a, a
0: new performance of High Mountain to Climb.
2: I could take back that night in Agadoches when I wandered off into the lob lollipines, but you can't undo what's been done in the course of time. Wish I could take you back to the hills of Alabama, where spent all spring trading sugar stick lines. But them old hills are now a high mountain to climb and it's a high mountain to climb, it's a high mountain to climb, it's a high mountain to climb even if I were inclined even if I was so inclined and I wish I told you more often than I loved you Spoke sweet couplets like a Hallmark card But you can't say now What you ain't said from the start And I wish I'd acted more often like I loved you Stuck to the script and gave you my heart But you can't play the role If you don't know the part It's a high mountain to climb It's a high mountain to climb It's a high mountain to climb Even if you were inclined Even if you were so inclined I got an awful suspicion This here is an ill-fated mission. And all my good sense has given way to hope and a wish. Am I wishing and a hope and hoping and a wish? Wishing and a hope and hoping and a wish. Wishing and a hope and hoping and a wish. Wishing and a hope and a hoping and wishing well i wish i was the man that you needed and wish you were still here in this house with me but all the wishing in the world won't make it be and it's a high mountain to climb it's a high mountain to climb it's a high climb even if we were inclined even if we were so inclined
0: so great to have you play a live song Charlie thank you so much for doing that and for coming in and, and chatting with me here today this has been a lot of fun Chris and thanks for having me over cool I'm, I'm glad and uh, everyone check out charlieheineman.com to Stay up-to-date with what Charlie's doing and his band, the Repeat Offenders. Uh, you can pick up his disc, Disheartened, with, uh, as he said, six six cool songs on there, including the uh, Songwriters in Seattle 2011 songwriting winner, L.A. is totally awesome. So uh, please uh, check that out. Check out songwritersinseattle.com. I'm at Uh So for Charlie Heideman, I'm Chris Klemecki, Songwriters in Seattle, saying stay original.